0: you. Mm-hmm.
1: And let's uh, come together to worship this evening. We're going to ask uh, those that are going to help lead worship, they'll come. I'm going to open this up in prayer, and we're going to get started tonight. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you and glorify the name that's above every name. Lord, we ask tonight, Lord, that Lord, those that are watching online, those that may not be here for whatever reason, God, that your spirit would be with us tonight as we are in your house and gathered in your name as we come to worship you. Lord, thank you for the presence we felt in this house this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand all over the house this evening. We're going to sing an old, uh, if you will, uh, Christmas favorite. Uh, some of you may know this. You probably heard it on the Gaithers or somewhere similar to that. That just simply says, Oh beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. So let's sing it together. around you and greet those with you in the house of the Lord just for a few moments and we'll come back and worship together. God bless you.
0: We
2: come to praise, come to praise the Lord. We
0: come to praise, enter
2: into this temple to give You glory, Lord. We come
0: to praise, lift You up.
1: Sing all my in Jesus. So let's worship the Lord.
2: Going back, I'll never be
1: your sins have been washed by the blood of Father, Lord, we just love you tonight. We thank you, Father, that you are the God that abides with us, that is beside us, that is as close as the mention of your name. Father, as we get ready to segue into a time of your word, I pray we don't forget the wonder of Christmas, that you can abide with us, and you're our Lord and Savior. Emmanuel for that God we forever will give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name in Christ Jesus our Lord we pray amen and amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord here Mm. just for a moment I do want to uh make mention to you um, we got a phone call right before service started um, and I wasn't sure at the time of the nature of how church would go at the moment but uh, Sister Laura May's taking taken a pretty significant turn tonight or today um, you know, I talked to Miss Glenda a, a few minutes before um, service started, and uh, she said, "Y'all go ahead and have, y'all go ahead and have church. Y'all don't, you know, don't worry about uh, us or whatever." And uh, and so she said, "Thank you, sir. I appreciate that." I grabbed the wrong Bible in case somebody wanted to know. I, I was reading two of them, but I grabbed the wrong one. The sermons in this one, the other one I was just reading in, so. But I was talking to her on the phone she said no we don't you know we don't watch it up up in service for uh you know but uh she's at about 10 or so breaths a minute uh pretty shallow uh, not significant but, but shallow and some of you that have walked there you know as it slowly gets slower and slower it's getting closer and closer and um you no, know, I was thinking through the dynamics of that. I almost was like, "Yeah, i just ban y'all singing at 6:30, send everybody to the Huddle House. I'm gone." Um, but they, the family, said, "No, just just wait. It could be hours, etc." Obviously, that's not normal, you know, in terms of length of breaths and things like that. But tomorrow, uh, they have a, a birthday. Tomorrow, that it's somebody in their family's birthday the nurse said, you know, it may not be tonight, but it could be tomorrow, and, um, you know, I was thinking about that, it's hard enough to lose a loved one, it's harder when they stack it up on days you always have to celebrate, like Christmases, Thanksgivings, every time it rolls around, it's still an anniversary date, It just is hard, now, I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood, I'm glad Brother Mike's still here, I don't want to be misconstrued of what I'm about to say. But I want us to pray for God to do one of two things and please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say she is, she is like the apostle Paul she has fought a good fight she has kept the faith and there is laid for her a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge is waiting to give her but not only to, unto her but to everyone who loves his glorious appearing. I want God to be merciful in one of two ways if it's his will now obviously everything is according to his will if it's time either take her before midnight tonight or don't let her cross Jordan until Tuesday. Even if it's 1201 and consider Tuesday. But do not, I am for the sake of that young man that's birthday is tomorrow and for the family. If God is ever so sovereign and will be so kind. You say, Pastor, I can't believe you'd pray that God would expedite her. Listen, she, she's ready to go home. She's, if she were here in her right faculty, she'd tell you, oh, I've been waiting for this day a long time. So I know she's ready to go if God's ready for her to come. But I don't want the young man that's birthday is tomorrow and the family to every year have to celebrate a birthday but also celebrate the the day, if you will, that their grandmother, their mother, their aunt, their whoever went on to be with the Lord some of y'all been there we've walked it we've done days we've done thanksgiving days we've done christmas days we've done the day of (laughs) they never get easy never and i know it probably sounds like a strange request but i do believe that god is a sovereign god and whether he lets her linger until 1201 tuesday morning or he lets it be 11:59 tonight god doesn't god loves us enough that sometimes he he knows what our heart's cry is and I think if I were to be able to call Miss Glenda on the phone and call those children, grandchildren on the phone, I guarantee you every one of them would say to me, "Pastor, if Grandmama's ready, let her go. They don't want her to suffer." Sister Laura Mae's ready to see Bonnie. She's ready to see her husband. She's ready to see her family and friends. I mean, the quality of life, Brother James, that she has now—that's not real. That's not real living. Reality, we're all dying, and when she passes, she starts living. It's kind of like that paradox we talked about this morning. It kind of makes no sense, but we're all daily dying and decaying, and when she passes on from this life, she starts living to never do that again. I mean, she's actually kind of the one we should be the most envious of these days because when she goes, she's not going to have any more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow. She doesn't have to walk with help. She doesn't have to have assistance from a nurse. She's going to be in the presence of the king, and nothing else will matter at that point, nothing. So before we break the bread of life, I'm going to ask you, you know, I'm not going to make you stand yet. I'm just going to ask you, if you would, to help me pray for Sister Skipper's family. Because I've been where they've been, watching loved ones, their time draw near. I've stood at the bedsides of people that I love dearly and watched their time come. Lost all my grandparents before my 15th birthday, so I know what it's like to be a grandchild, losing grandparents. Never had a grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather watch me graduate high school, college. The last thing my grandmother said before she passed away is, I hope one day you'll go to college and you'll play the piano and you'll cut a CD and then you'll give it to me so that I can go brag about it. And lo and behold, she passed on before then, but I went to Charleston Southern. In my final year, Charleston Southern produced a CD with their band that I was on. And I thought every day after that, I thought, man, my grandmother and God must really be tight. I mean, she's... Kind of like Sister Barnes' brother Pookie getting South Carolina to beat Clemson this year. Some people just have this ability to get God to do stuff for them. I don't know. They just do. And I don't know what Sister Laura may one day will stand up before heaven and ask God to do, but I'm sure she may have a list. And if God is like the rest of us on this earth, he'll probably do what she asks because he'll want to live in peace and harmony in heaven. But I want... This family to feel the comfort of God's loving arms wrapped around them in the days, hours that lie ahead. It's never easy the week of Christmas, but Lord knows we don't want to be doing some kind of homegoing service on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But I also want to be sovereign enough to know that I don't want it to be on somebody's birthday that always has to have that kind of gut punch every year on their birthday. So let's pray together, Heavenly Father. God, you know the heart of this pastor. You know the heart of the people of God in this place. God, I'm I'm asking you to be sovereign. I'm asking you to be loving and merciful. God, I'm actually asking God that it it be your will. Lord, let, let the mortal body, the vessel of honor that is clothed in humanity, it's her time, let her pass from this life. To the resting arms of Jesus Christ God I I pray that You would allow that family To feel comfort and peace God you would allow that family To feel the love of Jesus your arms ever so stretched Wrapped around them Father I pray that God if it be not your will For it to be tonight before midnight God would you would you let her just tarry until 1201 consider Tuesday morning God if nothing else just because Lord I, I certainly wouldn't want anyone to have to commemorate the loss of a loved one on their birthday some of us in this room have walked in some places God that were difficult days that were days that we had to deal the tragedy of loss of loved ones but God it was in the sovereignty of those moments that we felt and experienced your hand God so not only for Sister Laura Mae but for her family will you go on the scene and do what only you can do I don't know what your plan is but I have to trust your hand and your heart even when I don't see it working out for my good and God I pray right now wherever they are in that house that the sweet Holy Spirit of God would walk right into that room, where those grandkids are sitting, those great grands are sitting, where those children are sitting. You walk into that room and you do God-like things for that family. And I'll forever praise you and glorify the name above every name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And the people of God together said, "Amen." Amen. to jump right in the Word here in just a moment. But if you tonight when you lay down to go to rest or you get up early to rise tomorrow should nothing change would you just please keep the skipper family in your prayers this week and and last next couple days we have quite the uh, quite the undertaking but i believe that god is a god of all comfort i believe that We're going to continue. We're not going to be talking specifically tonight on the fourth theme of Advent, but we are still talking through the idea of this Christmas season. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 116. Psalms, chapter 116. Now, when I read this one verse of Scripture, I'm going to be using it as a frame. It will be in verse number 12. I'm not preaching on it exegetically. So don't misunderstand. When I start preaching on it, you're going to think, well, that's not what that scripture means. I'm I'm using the question David poses to get us to think outside of the proverbial boxes that we often think. Because when David writes this particular passage of scripture, he's not writing it about Christmas. He's actually been on a run. He's been trying to find help time of trouble, and he starts that particular chapter talking about, you know, I love the Lord because the Lord heard me when I needed him the most. When I prayed, God heard me, and you know, we just talked about for the Skipper family, that's one of the things we have to believe, that God hears us when we pray, no matter what it is, God hears us when we pray, and he goes through it, he talks about his afflictions and all of the things, and he walks through how gracious and how loving God has been. But he poses this question. Now he's writing about this and then he's going to talk about taking on the cup of salvation and and giving God thanksgiving and he's going to talk about what it, but I want to look at it from Christmas perspective. And Here's the question that he asks in chapter 116 verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Now before I I pray I'm going to give you, that, that was the King James version, I'm going to put it in the Jonathan Keith Vaughn version. I'm a little dyslexic so my J's and K's get a little mixed up from time to time. I'm going to put it in every day. Here's the question. What can I give God for all the good things He's done for me? What can I do for God? What can I give God? What can I do for the Lord to show how grateful I am for everything He did for me? That's, That's a pretty powerful question. That's a Quite the thought, isn't it? What can I do for God to show how much I'm grateful for Him? Let's pray together. Father, to the best of my ability, help me to preach the unadulterated Word of God. Help me to preach, God, the Word that You have laid out for the people of God today. I pray that everything that is said and done will be for the glory edification of Your kingdom. Take a coal from the altar of heaven, anoint these lips of clay, and help me to decree and declare what thus saith the Word of the Lord. I pray God that you would not only let us be hearers, Lord, of this word, but doers there likewise. We'll forever settle it in heaven. In Christ's name we pray. The people of God together said, Amen. Amen. So when we think about this particular question, what can I give God? What can I do for God for all the goodness he's done for me? And as I began to think about it in the terms of Christmas, that last line gets me every time. Not the what shall I do for God or what can I do for God, but the all his benefits, all his goodness, all of the great things he's done for me or towards me. And I started thinking about it. How many times in our lives has God done things we didn't expect? Whether it was a financial miracle, whether it was saving a loved one, whether it was opening up a job, whether it was doing something in our kids' life or in our grandkids. How many times have we looked back over the course of our life and think, man, I didn't even see that one coming and God did something for me. God blessed me. God promoted me. God gave me an increase. God provided me a home. God gave me a promotion. God, Whatever it is, but we look back and go, wow, God's done a lot of stuff. And I thought about that line there that says all of the benefits towards me. And so I started thinking, you know what Christmas is really all about when we start talking about In terms of this question. God is a gift. That keeps on giving. He is a gift for us. In fact the Bible describes it that way. The Bible actually says. That the wages of sin is death. But in the NIV translation it says. But the free gift. Of God. Is eternal life. A gift. See a gift is something that I give away. It cost me something, but the other person had to do nothing but just receive the gift. If I walk in here and I bring a five, hundred, five $100 bills, and I hand it to Sister Ashley and say, here you go, and she walks out the door, she didn't have to earn it, she had not to do anything. That is a gift to her. It cost me $500, but for her it was a gift, a blessing of $500. If I wait about 30 minutes and call her and say, hey, can you come out of the church? She says, sure, Pastor. And she comes back around I say, give me that $500 back. That's no longer a gift. That's called an Indian giver in some translations. That's not biblical. That's just what people call them. I don't know. But the history behind that. But the point to be made is that's no longer a gift because what I have done is I have taken back the gift. Once the gift is given, it is not designed to be taken back. It is designed to be kept by the person it was given to. But gifts are unique. I walk in here with five $100 bills. And I say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this again. Sister Ashley, it was just such a blessing for me to do that. So, you know what, I'm going to do it for Brother James. And so I walk in here with five $100 bills. And brother James walks in and I say, Brother James, I just want to bless you, brother. Hand him five $100 bills. But Brother James goes, no, I don't want it. See, the reality of it is, that did not take away my heart and the intent. God's not going to punish me. For that, because the intent was for me to give, give and it shall be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and your vats will be full. See, see, giving is is all about not necessarily receiving, even though when you give, you receive in the same in the same token. You may give five hundred dollars away and you may not see it, but your heart will feel a certain way, and God will might bless you with a, some kind of five hundred, more than five hundred dollar gift. It may not be monetary. It might be a better job that pays more per week. It might be a bigger house. It might be a better car. God will bless you, but the reality of it is, but a gift not only can be received, but it can be rejected and not accepted. Some gifts are good gifts. Some gifts are not so good. If I walked in here and said, hey, i got a gift for everybody in this church, and I gave it to you, and you opened it up, and it was rotten fish. Most of you in this church is probably not going to be like, Pastor, that was so thoughtful. Thank you so much. I can't wait to figure out what to do with this. Most of you are going to be like, what am I going to do with this? Not in a happy way. That was still a gift. I gave you all a piece of rotten fish. <laughs> Cost me something, whatever it was. Freezer burnt out and I didn't have time to get a new freezer so it defrosted and I didn't do anything with it so I just decided to let y'all have it but it's still a gift it's not necessarily a good gift but it's a gift or if I walk in here with my proverbial $500 and start handing it out at Mass Clips that's a gift everybody's like Praise the Lord, preacher. You want to start giving out $500 the person, I will sign up to receive. The, I feel the spirit of discernment saying, I received that blessing in Jesus' name. Everybody, people that ain't even saved, all of a sudden feel the spirit of the Lord tugging at their heart. To Whosoever will, let them come get a $500. That's, that's, that happens. And you see it all the time because I've seen it in church work. Prime example. When I used to do youth ministry, back when I was younger, oh so many years ago, In a land far, far away. I remembered when we'd go to all these conferences and things and learning about how to deal with the teenagers and the youth of the day and talking about some of the problems and and challenges they faced. I used to, Brother James, hear these guys get up there and tell these stories of what they did in their youth group. And guys would get up there and say, yeah, you know, our youth group was struggling. We had about 30 kids come into our youth group. So we decided we were going to give out a brand new MacBook Pro computer. Brand new. And we told everybody in the youth department, whoever brings the most people, we're going to give out MacBook Pros to. He said the next week we had 150 kids. I wanted to—I've always wanted to raise my hand and say, how many was after? How many came back the following week after you didn't give them another gift? Because the reality of it is, everybody came for the free gift of the AirPods, the iPods, the 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 you know MacBook Pros, the the Beats headphones. What people come for gifts, but when people stop giving. They don't start coming. They give up. And I'm so thankful that the God that I serve is not a God that runs out of gifts. His gifts are endless. His blessings are new. Great is thy faithfulness, the Bible said. Morning by morning. I mean, every day. Brother James, it's something new. I don't know what December the 19th will bring. But God's going to be in December 19th before I get there. I don't even know what December 24th and 25th is going to bring other than I'm going to be at church and going to be doing Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and, and and festivities with families and friends in between all that. That's all. But you know what? God already knows what's going to happen this weekend and I'm not even there yet. He knows what's going to happen January 2nd of 2023 and I'm not there yet. Because His gift keeps on giving. It never runs out. His love is ever. The Bible says we've read it countless times. And, and the psalmist's writings, we've read it, you know, your love, O Lord, it reaches the heaven, your love is everlasting, your mercies endure forever, his loving kindness endure. I mean, it's always abounding. You see, one of the things that I've learned about gifts is gifts come in different styles, different forms. One of the unique things is about gifts is you don't know what the gift is until you unwrap it or you open it or you take the gift bag and take all the tissue paper out or whatever you put it in and nothing annoys people more just this is just this has nothing to do with the Bible this is just personal confessions I feel like I'm, I need to just confess nothing annoys people more than when you put four pounds of tape on it and they can't get the box open they hate that if you do that God, Bless you, but you cost all of us to have moments of sanctification issues and question if we truly are saved in that moment and have to talk to God when this is all said and done. Because we are saying things in our heads all but telling you how thankful we are. We are annoyed because we, we think we got it, so we go to pull the box, and it's like, it's like, you know, got like bungee straps on it. We try to pull it. It won't open up, so we say, oh, there's another piece of clear tape, so we cut it. We try to pull it that time, and, it's, and you're just, by the time it's over, you just want to just shred the thing in half, no matter what's inside of it, let it rip, too, because you're annoyed with the 40 pounds of tape that somebody's wrapped on it. Most people, whether you, you know, do gift bags or wrap presents, we want easy access to the gift. We don't care that your wrapping paper says "Follow la la Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Happy Kwanzaa. We don't care. We're going to rip it. We're going to take that, that $8 roll of BJ's wrapping paper and we're going to shred it, ball it up, throw it in the trash can, and all those three hours you took to wrap it, in 30 seconds we're going to destroy it and could care less what it said. We want what's inside the paper. And if you're like my wife, she immediately says, before I start grabbing it, "Do you better not mess up that bow?" And I'm thinking, really? You know that Dollar Tree that's no longer a dollar, but probably for a dollar twenty-five cents? You know how many of them come in a pack? We can buy? No, 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 not for my wife. You can shred the paper, but don't you mess up my bow. We have bows on Christmas gifts that I think Jesus had. We just keep recycling them. I mean, they've been in our family so long. They're dry rotted. They used to be red. Now they're like a pinkish color. We just say that it's it's, it's fuchsia. It's a new color. It's a new bow. We don't know. She doesn't want her bow messed up. Because it's not about the wrapping paper, though that's great. We want to know what the gift is. And I want to talk to you just for a moment. Do you realize that God, he wrapped his gift too? He not only still gives us the gift of life, the gift of salvation, the gift of, uh, of hope, the gift of love, the gift of joy. He not only still gives us the gift, but He even when He brought His gift, He wrapped His gift for us. to. Have. I mean, even God wraps the gift. It's crazy. You so say, how do you figure? Because the Bible said, when Mary's time came to fruition, go read it in any translation you want to read it, the Bible said, took her baby, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. But the key word is that she wrapped the baby. Most of you in here, it's not all of you, either are mothers or you have family members or people you know, obviously, that are mothers. and you, When a baby is first born, they always want you to wrap them they don't want them to them get cold they want them bundled up they want them butterfly they want them tucked they I mean they're like a baby butterfly in a cocoon they're so tight i don't even know how they mess up their diaper and, and go to the bathroom in their diaper cuz their bladder has no way to move how does it even come out they're like I'm always afraid they're going to suffocate in that thing. It's so tight. You're like, is this okay? I remember, I remember uh, seeing uh, uh, when Car- Carmen and Tyler's baby when we went by the other Sunday to see it. And they had it wrapped up so tight. And I was like, this baby, this baby's going to pass out. Like, give the baby some room to breathe. She's like, oh, he's fine. I was like, I'm not breathing because of this baby. Like, it's causing me issues here. I need oxygen in a CPAP machine right now. And, and the reality, but, but they tell you, wrap it, wrap it. Keep it closed. Keep it tight. Wrap it, wrap it, wrap it. You see, special gifts that we give—they're always. We always give a gift for that special someone. We're all you know every holiday commercial, every kiss begins with K. I mean, you know, they give you all these little clichés, and they're like, "Do you have the gift for that special someone in your life?" And you're just thinking, if they were that special, I probably would be already bought my gift. So obviously, they're not that special because I haven't started yet, you know, or whatever. But but you know, they always give you—they—they they, they give you that sappy story. Is there one someone in your life you would love to show them? this sterling silver pennant has all these different birthstones. stones this can be yours for a low price of 199.99 with a 20% off coupon from you're just thinking they ain't that special Hey, like, they might get cubic zirconium from Walmart but that's not special you know but but the reality of it is we often we give gifts and a lot of times you can tell the nature of even in the simplicities of gifts and in the extravagance of gifts, you can oftentimes hear the heart of the person once the gift is received. You let someone who's on a fixed income walk into church and give a gift to someone. Sometimes that gift might only be a $5 gift from a dollar store. But because you know the background of what they have to deal with in their lives it's better than someone walking up and handing you a $100 bill who who wouldn't miss it out of their pocket because it's the intent behind the gift. It is the message behind the gift. We talked about it today. Jesus' birth was not heralded by CNN and CNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and the National... The world wasn't really even knowing He was born. But even in the simplicity of a barn, a stable, a feeding shelter for animals, even in the simplicity that his gift was pretty special it wasn't in big news it wasn't you know everybody come running out the inn and everybody's grabbing mary and they're taking her to a baby shower they're all throwing them a party they're cooking a home-cooked meal for mary and joseph the first night there that nobody's giving up their room for them i mean nobody's making any efforts here in town it didn't change the fact that god's gift was a special gift it was a special someone. It was a special gift. And he, he did it for special people. You and me. Because he loved us. And he knew that we needed that gift. The Bible said God so loved the world that he gave his special gift, his son. Best he had to offer, his son. Mary wrapped God's gift in swaddling clothes. But here's the beauty of the story. <laughs> After Mary wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes, Eventually, the baby got unwrapped. You, you don't see anybody at 30 years old still wrapped up like a baby. They wouldn't be able to walk <laughs> or breathe or go to the bathroom or get a job. There, you can really not do much when you can't move in a straight jacket. If you don't believe it, let's all go down to the MUSC psych ward. Let me borrow one of their straight jackets, put you in it, and say, we'll see you in about six hours from now. Tell me how you feel. It's not very fun. It's it's just not. You can't move. Your entire quarters, you, you know, you're in tight quarters. It's not much of the baby was wrapped in the manger, sure. It was the gift that God sent. But after that baby started growing, yes, Mary had to change his clothes and things and so she unwrapped. But over time, that gift got to be unwrapped every day by somebody else. Examples. When Jesus was eight days old, he shows up at a temple for circumcision. There's this priest that comes walking in by the name of Simeon or Simon. And there's also a prophetess by the name of Anna. And they come walking in and they see the baby. They see it. And the Bible says that the prophet Simeon grabbed him up and began to prophesy. And told Mary that this baby is going to pierce your heart, but he's going to be a savior of the world. And he, he makes a statement that is so profound. God, I can die now because I have seen Messiah, the Savior. I've seen Him. I have seen Him, God. I was the promise You gave me. It's fulfilled. I can see it. The prophetess, she comes running in, she sees it, and she starts shouting and having herself a time. It's like she got done unwrap her gift version of the baby. The baby's only eight days old. I mean, he's, he doesn't even know he's doing good stuff yet. Time elapses. The time comes. It's time for Mary and Joseph to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is only about six months to a year away from his bar mitzvah, which is the day he would turn 13 and be able to become, if you will, recognized in society as a man to learn the trade of his father and all that stuff. But at 12 years old, they're on this journey, and they go to worship the Lord with all of their kinfolk back in the capital city. Mary and Joseph in the caravan, they do all their Passovers and celebrations, their traveling feast, and they head out. They get about a day's journey away and realize... Jesus ain't with us. I don't know how you, well, let me back that up. I do know. But but isn't it interesting that you can people can be so wrapped up in their lives that they can miss Jesus and don't realize they've left him somewhere? Think about that. They, they lost God. But before we judge Mary and Joseph for being some horrible parents, how many people go to church, leave, go to and fro in their lives, and they don't even realize Jesus is missing out of their lives? They've left him somewhere, too. And they don't even know where they've left him. Mary and Joseph are frantic. They're running around. They're asking everybody, oh my gosh, where's my son? Where's my son? I mean, I could only imagine Joseph. I'm not even the baby's daddy. God gave me one task. The task was to take care of his, I have lost God's son. You can't get much worse than this. I thought being, Mary being pregnant out of wedlock was going to be bad enough. How am I going to explain to God I lost your child? It's one thing. You have to come to the preacher and say, hey, Pastor, we lost Michael. We're not sure what happened to him, but we've lost him. That's one thing. Could you imagine explaining to God You have lost his gift. You're probably not wanting to have that visit with God that day. Mary's a mother like any of us. Oh, my gosh, where's my baby? She's freaking out. Where's Jesus? Church. Shocking. You can't get 12-year-olds now to go to church to save their life. But Jesus went to church without his parents. What a novel idea here. They finally find him in the temple. He's teaching scholars. The gift is being unwrapped. Because the Bible said that the men were astounded by the wealth of knowledge that this young 12-year-old had. and well, They even said, we see you have a vast knowledge of the scriptures, young man. I mean, he is unwrapping ancient sacred texts of scripture, a 12-year-old boy. But what he's really doing is unwrapping a gift to the religious leaders. God's gift again. And there he comes running in. What have you done to us, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, we're, we're, well I don't know what you were worried about. I was at my father's house doing his business. I mean, if you just came to church, Mom, what a good sermon that would be. Mom, if you were in church too, wouldn't life be different? Where were you, Mom? Hello? Maybe I preached that on Mother's Day. <laughs> but, but, Mom, if you'd have came to church, we might all be better here, you know. But Jesus grows up. Some time elapses. Eighteen years pass. We don't hear much about the gift. But then the gift gets unwrapped again. After Jesus is tempted by the enemy... And receives the well, receives the baptism from John and he's tempted by the enemy. He goes to the wedding of Canaan in Cana. He turns water into wine. The first miracle he ever done. His mother's the one telling him, Whatever he says, do it. He says, It's not my time. She says, I don't really care what you say, boy, I'm your mama. Just, just do whatever he tells you and walks off. Like, back talk me again. You might be the son of God, but God gave me to you, gave you to me. I'll I'll knock you out right here, Jesus. But you better tell you, I'm your mama, you know. God's your daddy, but I'm your mama here, son. Don't talk to me like that. You know what Jesus does? Y'all go get some water pots, fill them up with some water. You notice Jesus never after he said to his mother, it's not my time. She goes, yeah, whatever he tells you. She walks off. You never find a scripture. Jesus said, did you not hear what I said, mom? Jesus was even smart as God's son not to backtalk his mother. I mean, these are good scriptures, right? This should tell you, don't say nothing back to your mama. Even Jesus knew better. He turns water into wine. The gift came unfurled. Blind people, they experienced the gift because that gift gave them sight. The deaf, the deaf folks, you know, <laughs> I can't believe what I just, oh, <laughs> I'm just reading. So it looks like Sister Laura Mays made that transition to glory. As difficult as that is, but it and God a prayer answering God? <laughs> Father, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. <laughs> you talk about being a prayer answering God. <laughs> God, it may be difficult and it may be hard, but you were sovereign just like we asked you to be. You were there. You were there the whole time. You were in the midst of it all. You were there. And God, I can't say anything else but thank you. I know it's hard. And I know we're going to have to face the moments that lie ahead. But oh God, I want to say thank you for being a God that still hears us when we pray. Father, comfort this family and wrap your loving arms around them. Let the peace of God ever so overshadow them. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Let me quickly expedite this, and I'll transition out of here to head that way. But let me just finish up. by Give me about three or four minutes, and I'll I'll summarize this quickly to finish where we're at. The dumb received the gift of speaking. The wounded received the gift of healing. The troubled received the gift of peace. The discouraged received the gift of joy. The lonely, the gift of presence. But not everybody received the gift. Some rejected it. In fact, at 33 years old, Jesus is standing on the the porticoes of Pilate's Hall. And all of those same people that Jesus had given them a free gift, at this point they decided they didn't like their gift. They wanted to return to sender. And they wanted to exchange the gift by the cries of, Give us Barabbas. We don't want anything to do with this man. The men and women that he had given them gift after gift after gift, they didn't no longer want the gift. They wanted to exchange the gift for something different. But isn't it just like God? God is just so good. You know what God did? God wrapped his gift a second time in grave clothes. He put him in the borrowed tomb. He wrapped the gift again. But three days later, guess what God did? He unwrapped his gift a second time. This time, it wasn't as a baby. This time, yes, people could reject him, but they could not stop him because when he was unwrapped, this time he was in a glorified body ready to become king of kings and lord of lords. You might can reject his gift, but you can no longer make his gift be devalued or lose its effectiveness. The first group of people had him killed, but I'm telling you, God's gift is still unwrapped today. It is still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God's gift, giving this Christmas season. So I finally say this to you today. The question was asked, what can I give him? I, I vaguely mentioned it this morning, but I just will quickly say as we get ready to close. You give God you, your worship. You, God gave you life, joy, peace, healing, food, clothes, health, strength. But he also gave you titles to mansions of streets of gold, jasper walls. Wise men brought gifts representing different forms of worship. I can bring him songs of praise, dedication, adoration. I can bring him my love. The greatest gift of humans, more words are written on it, more stories are told about it, more inspiration is given by it. It's love. People are always looking for love. The lawyer Posed a question to Jesus, he said, "What do I have to do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus gave him two, two statements: "Love God. Love others. Love. Sell all you got, give it to the poor. Love God. Love others." And the man went away sorrowful because he couldn't fulfill that obligation. You see, gifts are worthless and unacceptable. Gifts are worthless and oftentimes unacceptable unless they are given by a heart full of love. Nobody wants a gift from someone who's greedy. Or angry we give God ourselves Romans 12 and 1 the Apostle Paul says present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing unto the Lord for this is your reasonable act of worship his life was given so that mine could be spared so the gift I can give back to him is yielding myself for whatever he has use of in my life I can give him my talents it's been uniquely given to each one of us. For some it's music, for some it's singing, for some it's other things. Whatever your gift is that God's given you as a talent, use it for the glory of God. We have been given God-given potential. You are on God's gift list to receive from Him. God gives a gift every day to you and I. The question is, is God on our gift-giving list? Do we give Him the same thing in return? You may ask, what do you, some may ask, well, what do I want from God this Christmas? When the question really should be asked, what are you willing to give God this Christmas? He's priceless, yet so precious. As the Apostle Paul so eloquently said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, and I close with this statement, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, I have shared Your Word to the people of God. I pray, God, that as we get ready to leave this place and go to and for our destinations, that, God, you would continue not only be the gift that keeps on giving, but be the God of all comfort. Father, I pray today you would be with us this week as we prepare for this Christmas season. Father, we will forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. And may you bless us and keep us, make your face shine upon us, be gracious to us, lift up your countenance towards us, give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And guard our hearts until you come again. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to have Brother Randy close us out in prayer. And then uh, you'll be free to be dismissed. Let me remind you no midweek service uh, on Wednesday. As we will be using our New Year's, our Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day celebrations. uh, And let you have that time to work through all that. I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless you, Brother Randy. Would you close us out in prayer tonight?